Thursday the 26th of September, this is the big kickoff. Two rudders. Hey, Brent. It's nice and clear. I can, I can hear it really clear. Yeah, no, it sounds good. There's now. voices that in my head here good. tonight. Good, good, good. Good evening, everybody. It is Thursday, the 26th of September, and this is Liffy Sound on 96.4 FM with myself, Dave, and himself. Right. How do? Great. Yeah, wonderful. Well, kind of. I'll just pretend yeah, You're a bit poorly, aren't you? Yeah, but I'm not too bad. I'm getting over it now. I'm over the worst. So. I'm not feeling great either. I'm just a bit down in the world, you know. Just not really. Fancy it at all. Cheer it up. They no. won't listen to us if they <laughs> talking about us being Call down. us to cheer us up here <laughs> on 0800. Who cares? But uh, yeah, plenty of going on over the last few days, obviously, and something about Tuesday night as well. Show me the way to go home. Poor old Richard Kill. Oh, God. Now, I only heard I said we do it before the song. Keep it, keep it quick. Cause yeah, I only heard this about this today. Mad. Yeah. I only heard about it Well, today. it only came out this morning. Well, throughout the day. And so, basically, they're at a it's a fundraiser. It was a club deal, as far deal. as I know. It was okay. a dinner, and it was a bit. They were entitled to a few drinks, a bit of a night out, and and the club, and basically the club said, "Listen, you can have your few drinks. Yeah, we have taxis ready yeah. to bring you home at a certain time. Every now and again during the year, we give the, the players a, a bit yeah. of time away. And of course, a few people go decided a few more. Will we let's go. Yeah, yeah. I'll be, listen, I'd be guilty of it myself. So they stayed out a little bit longer and then made the foolish decision to try and drive home. Yeah. Which led to, and I couldn't understand because I, I, did, I it was really, it was just jumped on top of me there today. How, how did he get a knee injury? What, what, what's after happening? Did, what? Then you so seen the car. Then you seen the car. car was nearly a write-off, isn't yeah. it? So uh, he must have done some serious damage because he's out for the rest of the They've season. They've literally called it already that he's out for a season. Um, uh, out for Ireland's internationals. And of course, with Duffy in a spot of bother as well, our two top set, like our two starting set of halves, could be out of the, the double header. Yeah, which is it's just terrible timing, really. Uh, but he's club captain at Derby mm. County, so that's not. I mean, if I was with Derby County and I was in the the higher I'd say that's gone the anyway. management, I'd say, listen, lads, thanks very much, but we need people here who are sort of yeah. dedicated. You know, professional footballers get paid big money to yeah. be professional, and like we said off air. You just said it there. Get paid a hell of a lot of money. I have no idea how far they were from home, but I'm sure they could swing a couple of quid for a taxi. Right. Let's face it, they have yeah. plenty of money. Yeah, they fucking could have expensed it for all they care. But yeah, it's it, do you know what it is more than it? it's just sad. You know, it's sad and another example of they do plenty of good, but they also do some bad. I don't know whether it's plenty or not, but it's yeah. one of them where it's like Jesus, lads, you're not helping. And then you're, as you said, the club captain leading from example with two of the younger statesmen, so to speak. Uh, Tom Lawrence and Mason Bennett. Yeah. Um, I would be surprised if at least maybe them all, but I'd be surprised if all of them are still at Derby when this is all over. Oh, I can't see it. Yeah. yeah. If you want to make, yeah. if you cl- want your club to go somewhere, you need to have rules in place and people fearing the worst if they step out of line. If they don't, 
it's just a bit of a sign of weakness so I can't see them being there so unfortunately them. for us for Ireland in a month's time with the double header with George and Switzerland we could be out, out, out with our two cents because it was looking like Duffy was gone but that was what we were told with an injury but now you're saying well latest yes, reports it's are looking like he's, he's gone. under pressure what they're saying is is that he's not 100% ruled out but you could nearly say 95% so 90% so the great debate so. who's going to partner Johnny Egan yeah and it, it's a big one isn't it but yeah. you know what we'll talk about it afterwards Are we? I don't know <laughs> like I said, we need to perk this up a bit. <laughs> but speaking of which, what this rolls into our song, which is called yeah, the water song. That's and I think there's a there. there's a quote like about drinking water, which probably I think I think Kyo should have been up to. I think the, the chorus line is Kyo Kyo, drink some water, Kyo Kyo, <laughs> you fool. Okay, here it is. I don't want to get dressed. I'm depressed. Say you're drinking up water. Say you're drinking up water. I don't wanna try hard. But I'm bad to bad. Say you're drinking up water. Say you're drinking up water. Oh my god, you look so fine. That was the water song. That's for the Richard Kyo. Richard Kyo. By Sorry. TV Coma. Which is what Richard Kyo could have been in. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, looking dashing in ever is our rugby correspondent who's just put his arse in the chair, Mr. Darren Shields. Gentlemen, how are we? Uh, do you know oh, what? Do you know what? Hold on. Start again. Get, get Say that on. again. Gentlemen, no, do you know why? Because I put up my tree. Go again. Gentlemen. There, there we, we go. go. There See? We go. Professional to the end. Two years in. Still cracking it. This is what we have rehearsals for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this bit isn't live. Why are you looking so snazzy? Uh, open night. What does that mean like for uh, whoring myself out to get more <laughs> kids in for next year? <laughs> Please pay your fees into this in, into our great school. Yep. No, you're dead, right? Here comes the Hi, Gary. Look, at this. Look at this. Producer <laughs> Gary coming it's in a, now. It's a thing of beauty. God bless you, sir. So Dave <laughs> You wanted to talk about the uh, awards. Monday, uh, night. Monday night, obviously Rovers and Dundalk was on a massive game, you know, Dundalk putting it to bed, which they duly did. Hold on, can you hear yourself? Yeah. No, okay. No, you can. <laughs> Shano just comes in. Yeah! <laughs> you thought it was the quick fire round. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, but, but anyway, feet. Dundalk won, Julie won 3 2. Great game of ball, but I was being distracted by FIFA in inverted commas, the best awards. Yeah. Very, very strange afternoon, very evening. Now, you're one who I'd have no problem with. God love her. It's her second language, the whole shebang. But Jesus, she obviously doesn't speak too much English. It was very tough to listen to her. She was struggling a bit and then trying to come up with jokes and come up with whatever. It was just an awkward show. And then, of course, loads of bloody awards like for best 11s, best keepers, best this, best that. And then both for men and women. And, of course, everyone has something to say. And Mourinho was brought up at one point and I think he walked away halfway through. He just didn't get it. It was well, the most awkward. She started talking about if aliens came down <laughs> to Earth and he's looking at her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, who would be, I think, a roundabout way was who would be the best players on the planet. But, uh, yeah. But uh, it was just so awkward. Then Alisson won his best goalkeeper award. And, of course, he was nowhere to be found. Klopp was just sitting there wetting himself, thinking this is great. And everyone's thinking, is he locked in the jacks? Or where is he? God knows where he is. And then he goes, oh, sorry, it is not my fault. And then straight into his Portuguese. So he's obviously learned plenty of English. But it was just the usual nonsense on the men's side. Like, you know, you could... Um, Ramos Marcelo Modric before four Real Madrid made it and you're scratching your head going very fair enough three centre halves and a left back and then 
Ronaldo was there, Messi was there, and a few others. But then it's turned out it's more what happened afterwards. Uh, two, three countries are saying they never voted for Messi at all, but according to the official results, they did. Mm, uh, the oh. Egyptian FA's uh, submission was rejected because it was in capital letters, the signatures, because obviously Salah, or who, no, sorry, El Mohamedy was the guy, he told them who they wanted, and then the FA filled it out and then just filled it out in capitals. So they said, right, they're not genuine signatures, and they said they got in touch but they never got back in time, so their votes don't count. So they reckon Salah probably, if what everyone is saying is correct, should have made it into the top three. Who cares? Yeah. But it, it looks like it was done in a way to make one of the big two win the trophy. And mm. it was clearly not going to be Ronaldo, so they reckon they have did it in a way to make sure one of them did for the whole keep people watching. Like Now, this is, is this a conspiracy or a fact? Oh, no, there's a fact about the Egyptian one, 100%. Yeah. Um, and it is, they're all corroborating it. They've kind of said, like, here's the story, here's who we voted for. But they, Do you uh, know how much a second, was it Van Dyke? See, it, you get points. If number one gets 10 points and then yeah. there's five points. Do you know what the difference was between players? Oh, it was quite tight. I, oh, I couldn't tell you the total now, but it was quite tight. And Salah and Mane were fourth and fifth, yeah. but weren't in the top 11, if you know what I mean. Like, they weren't in the, in the oh, first. for their position. Yeah. yeah Considering yeah. they put Ramos in as a right back, I was surprised. Listen, who cares? It, yeah. They are nonsense. But it's just a bit interesting that is this what it's succumbing to again? Because obviously there was the rumours when um, Ronaldo went to Madrid, like it was all like, you're going to help me get a Ballon d'Or, aren't you? Like, like as in lobby for me. And obviously Real Madrid are still lobbying, haven't getting as many as they bloody did in it. But uh, now it's coming out that Nicaragua, Sudan, and some other captains that nope, never voted for Messi, but allegedly, according to the official results, I did. And no, we didn't. And then points were enough to get him number one over Van Dijk, mm. apparently. So they're kind of saying, are they at it again? Like, it's interesting. The, you're not my stance on it. It's oh, like, you're not a fan. And this makes it even worse. Here, no. it's well, here's an interesting one for you. Egos. In a couple of years' time, apparently, it'll just be no sec. Like, it'll be just the best between both men and women. They'll be just the best. Like, it won't be best women or best men. It'll be just best player in the world. What, what about transgender? Well, anybody. But I'll be, I'm going to say Very it shy. as it is. Voice. I'll say it as it is. Not a danger. That. It'll be ridiculous. Yeah, I know. It's, it's because. All, but it's all ridiculous. So. Put it this way. And this is no disrespect, but if one of the women get number one, and get it'll, it tokenism. And if they take it and give it with both barrels, listen, take your award and say thanks and walk off. Don't give a speech because it's a token. Because there, no, there is no comparison. As much as it's a, ga it's a game of football, there is no comparison. Yeah, but if, if you look, say... Uh, what you're talking about is maybe power, speed, strength, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But it's all about your season. Whatever, and yeah. whatever well, level. That doesn't like, count in the last it's yeah. 20 years, 40 years. Do you know the goal, anyway. the, the goal award, the Puskas, the Puskas award? award yeah. Remember, what was her name? Stephanie Roach. Stephanie yeah. Roach. cracker. Now, yeah. the level she was at was nowhere near it, but it was a great goal. Yeah, yeah. But so it's I about no what you do that. at the level. Well, is but there I more no chance for then... I suppose it, it probably it falls down the same way as you have your Messi and your Ronaldo, but, it, but is there a chance a that you could get you know one female player that's miles ahead of everybody else and picks up more individual? I'm presuming then that every country will get a vote. See, for that's a, the thing. I don't know the. I doubt what it's going to go down be. to everybody gets one like, vote. Will all the captains of the women's national teams women. and all the captains of the men's national teams all have a vote? And if that's the case, I'd say that's the way. Be, to be honest, I think it'll make lobbying worse. Mm. to be honest yeah. and it'll make it so no matter who gets it men or women it, it could get farcical if you know I what I mean 
it all the whole thing it's like all of the new Europa Leagues whenever it's just like it's like they've got their own 24 hour TV station <laughs> and they're just desperately trying to come up with content purely for it's just content Irish football I'm all for the European Conference League or whatever it's called because it's going to be for the second tier nations with a plethora of the upper tier so it's going to be more there will be more likely Irish teams in it at the the business end of it um, now I was listening to a bit of talk sport during the week and of course that's a farce of a yoke it's called, called. I was like yeah because it's not for you it's not for English football go again because I don't, I don't know if I know about there's going to be a tour competition European competition European I conference did hear they bringing it in conference but league. they've been talking about this for the last couple of years but and it is going to be more centred on the lower nations the lower nations with a smattering of the mid table that mean type. taking the opportunity away from the lower nations oh no they'll still the be in there but it just means say probably the League of Ireland champions yeah. there'll be a sec there'll be they fall back into the Europa but then they'll be into the conference it'll be kind of like you'll get into Europe but you'll have a chance to get to the top table if you don't make the middle one you, we let you into the conference so that's why I'd be all for it purely for the Irish side of things mm. but that's uh, th- the details are not being ironed out but that's pretty much what it's about but of course typical oh it's stupid what are we doing it's nothing to do with you lads don't I, worry about it move I, on I'm very cynical about these things and I, I can just see them edging the smaller teams out having yeah. the smaller Champions League I think this and the is main a European Champions League with I the think it's the clubs. sweetener for what they really want to do yeah. and that's make the Champions League very much exclusive yeah. and here's our set 20 teams with a couple of, with four newbies every year It'd that's but that's what th- I yeah. think that's what it is. It's a sweetener to say, look, mm. we've given you a competition. Get the bow. You're Liverpool, Man United. You're AC Milan Inter. We're all in this competition every year. Good luck. Yeah. But that's I'd say that's what's the the long term goal of it. But to watch that space kind of thing. Mm. But okay. if it means us more Irish lads getting into Europe, I'd be all for it in that sense. Mm. Okay. Why have you got David Fitz up there? It's he's just there. I like him. I was about to say, Daniels, what are you doing? <laughs> um, we have. I was looking at the. I was about to say, don't bring up that bloody Nations League. No, Bowes. <laughs> Super Bowes. Bowes, it's Champ Rovers this week. Yep. But looking at their age profile, and something you touched on there earlier on, yep. uh, uh, about, what's the young fella's name, Ferguson, isn't it? Evan Ferguson. Yeah. Evan Ferguson, who's 14. But if you look at the age profile of the Bowes team, it's a very, very young team, isn't it? And yeah. It, you kind of look at how Bowes have done. But they've been like that for a year or two, in fairness. They but have. it's getting more and more extreme, if you know what I mean. It's you, like they're getting younger but and younger. You don't need you don't need a a ton of money being ploughed into having to pay players, etc., to actually do a good job in that. It'll help you probably be like Dundalk are up there and, 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 and they're winning the league by a distance, they're fifteen points ahead now. So it'll definitely help you there. But uh, you've seen some clubs uh, who will be talking because we, I forgot to say uh, Sean Russell's on later on. <laughs> Never even thought of it. We got stuck into Richard Keogh straight away, but yeah. Sean Russell's Danny on Richard later Keogh. on uh, t- talk about his injury and, and how his, his, his... Trouble of trying to get back into the yeah, game. Yeah, his career stalled. So, But clubs like, say, Limerick, who are struggling nearly every year with their wages and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But both seem to be doing it the right way. Their keeper's 22. Their back line uh, doesn't get higher than 24. Uh, you got a midfield there... One is 28, the rest are under 21. Banger. Mm. Uh, he's the oldest, tw- 28. Yeah, he's a banger. He's so, he has a dodgy passport. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But even then, like that, having Cornwall, Rob Cornwall there as centre half, he's nearly seen as the elder statesman. Oh, yeah. He played Derek with. Pender, obviously, he's been there for, since forever. He's obviously yeah. not even there in the squad there. And for he's that d- they've been around, you know what I mean? Like, he's been with. He's been with every Dublin team now, I think, at this uh, stage. 
karma. Bottles are just clever, if you but know what I mean. It, that's what I mean. You get clever with the lads, lads that come back. Yeah. And they have a good bit of talent, obviously, the fact that they've the, the, the amalgamation with, with Kevin's. Yeah. So the guys who kind of haven't quite made it, they've got them. And then the guys who didn't quite make it, they've been very... Andre Wright is uh, he's English. They, he was uh, a free agent. They'd done a bit of a trial with him. They got him in and he's been banging him in for a couple of games since he's there. So they're very active in what they do and it's not yeah. just at home, if you know what I mean. So all credit to them for what they're doing. Absolutely. Like, Considering uh, what's going on, I'm still afraid. Why is this Nation League thing up? It's obviously going to come up again, is it? So the Nations League, they had a meeting the other day about the Please Nations League. Please don't tell League. me how it works. Okay. <laughs> and Ireland, who finished rock yeah, bottom, we got relegated. Group, got relegated. Have but now been promoted. Come and on, we're back, tell us. We're back into League B. We're not in League C. Because and basically, what they've done is they've uh, increased the numbers into the A, B, and C leagues. Yeah to 16 and reduce the last one to 7 I think it's because the countries I know you said clubs are all for more competitive games than the friendlies because it's getting harder and harder to get the sexy games your Brazil yeah, 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 yeah. because they're all sticking to each other yeah. so Ireland so look at Ireland's friendlies over the last few years like you know it's Bulgaria it's fucking New Zealand and this that and you know Qatar we're not getting that kind of yeah Top side, so I think that's where it's coming from now. It's very much like it's been voting, and what are the groups? You of get more chance of players wanting to play in three. a competitive yeah. game yeah. than yeah. you know a friendly where they could be kind of. So from we get to stay. Club. Ourselves, Northern Ireland, Turkey, and Slovakia get to stay in right. B. So yeah, that'll be interesting. Look, is so this mean, because somebody just spelt the the wrong country in capital letters or something <laughs> on the form? Or <laughs> it could be anything. Yeah, it could be anything. It was my money, father. I just there, didn't want to fill out the forms. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> There's definitely a link to Messi and something there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We, take a break, we, we voted for Messi. You which? We voted for Messi <laughs> on the grounds that we got to stay. Yeah, Ronaldo didn't vote for Messi the again this year. The 33rd team. Do you remember? Do you remember that? Anyway, we're coming up with, obviously, but the fact that there is, yeah, we're going to come up with a little bit of rugby coming up after this. Do you know what it is? Because it's so clear in the headphones, I just want to go, it's the midnight hour. All right. Right, you've done it. Come on. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> More nonsense coming up after the break You're listening to Liffy Sound On 96.4 FM How do 26th of September 22 minutes past 9 uh, Just briefly before we go to the obvious Casper Dahlberg You know him well Now <laughs> He played with Ajax And Nice bought him for 18 million So I don't know there's a billionaire, a British billionaire, uh, 21 billion he has to spend. He now owns Nice. And he brought him in and he made his debut there a couple of weeks ago and he had a £62,000 watch in his locker in the dressing room, which then went missing. <laughs> and poor old 18-year-old Lamine, oh, you have to say it with confidence, Lamine Diaby has been accused. So it looks like one of the youths. Has Ooh. robbed it and it's under police investigation. And valid. he's gonna be on <laughs> dressed up as Lamine Diaby. <laughs> Thrown it into a river. Is he not gone? No, he's gone back to Italy. He's gone back to Italy. Oh, he did go back to yeah, Italy. He's yeah, he's with Brescia, I think. But uh, one, I was surprised that they had 18 million to buy in a player. And two, he played with Alex, never heard of him. He's yeah. Danish international. I think the fella who took over it was trying to buy, was talking about buying yeah. Manchester United. I can't, Ratliff or Ratliff yeah. or something, but he's yeah. £21 billion pound fortune and he's took over Nice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, £62,000 watch. That money. Serves him Just right. like James Madison getting loads of stick for some six grand backpack he was wearing the other day. Also, look, serves him right. If, they, if they're going to buy this crap, 
that costs 62 <laughs> grand to tell the time. It's, well. Shows your Casio there. <laughs> I hate what I hate. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, lads. And then very briefly, because it's just nonsense, more nonsense. These YouTubers, KSI and Logan Paul. Yeah, yeah. Who Eddie Hearn has decided to, uh, to sign on. And they're the headliners for the 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 bill in the Los Angeles. Now, the card is stacked, Billy Joe Saunders and plenty to say. It's a proper card, apart from these two. Yeah. But they're headlining because the YouTube world are going bananas about it. And it's now going pay-per-view. Sky Box Office pay-per-view. See, I'm too old to actually care who they are. But... You do have to appreciate. You know that's of what it these because be- it's what they th- do. But this is what these people do. You know what I mean? If it's the same when you see, kind of the starting to filter across into mainstream television. You know yeah. what I mean for celebrity shows and stuff like that. Yeah. So you're kind of going. Someone off Coronation Street isn't going to have ten million dedicated followers, and these guys are absolutely off the chart as far as their subscribers. Because he's the KSI lad. Is, this is will be his third fight because he fought. Another British guy, Walker, some Paul, something Walker was his name, and then he t- he took on Logan Paul in an amateur fight. But now this is a proper um, head guards off, ten ounce gloves, proper professional. They've been signed up. They've been ratified. Were they all boxing or were they? No, these were, these were all boxing. They, they the other boxing. two that he was in. Yeah, yeah. So I think KSI won it, but apparently it was a close affair. Eh, whatever. But this one now, they have to do the various tests to get ratified by the Nevada Boxing Commission and all that. And it's all the real deal. Eddie Hearns got in in it. And he said, look, I'm not going to be, I'm not ashamed. I said, it's it's probably going to get, it got 1.2 billion uh, subscriptions for the last fight. He said, we'll probably get 2 million, as big as any other fight we do. And and then his angle was, it's another market that we can potentially showcase our sport. But of course, he's going to make a buttload of money as well. So good luck to him. But yeah, match room are getting in on it, that's and it's it. gonna go box office. It's it's another market that just says it. That's, that's it. It's happening. Like <laughs> you can't slag it off in the same way. Like every other sport, it's no matter how the next noble they try to claim it. But even if you look at the UFC, they went and gave your man CM Punk out of WWE a contract, yeah, and he was dreadful. And he was awful. Yeah, you know what ah, I mean. Look, it was it's it's another world, and good luck to them. It's, but they it's knew not he my was one. Bringing in viewers. Mm. That's basically what. You Billy Joe Saunders is on it. Another well-known fighters. It's a very stacked card for the rest to, for you or I if we were interested. But yeah. there's no way. Uh, it's I'm just be shelling I'd out love to hear what I'd love to hear what they think about it. Oh, did you see Derek Chisarl, uh the other week about whose fight was it? Uh, Josh Taylor from Scotland is uh, fighting Pro Gray, but it's in London. Chisar's number two, and he destroyed the press conference. Mm. F this, F that. We all know I'm the headliner here. I'm the one who's filling out half of this stadium for these two jokers who are allegedly in the main. But, and he hammered it. And Eddie Hearns just sitting there going, just please just shut up. Please <laughs> just shut up. And he's like, make me headliner. Make me that. Give me the big purse. I'm, F- this. I'm, I'm filling out this thing. The reason why they're having it down here is so I can fill it because they won't fill it out even in Glasgow for this guy. Ah, brilliant. Yeah, it was brilliant. And then lastly but not least, uh, World Athletics Championships which I love the athletics that's starting as in from tomorrow and by all accounts it's going to be hot in Doha even they've left it till September and apparently it's going to be baking so God love them poor old uh, Martin runners yeah. it'll probably be a four in the morning or something in the dark or something like that something crazy it's still probably need to be yeah, yeah. they'll be stepping be over the, the lads who are dying building the stadiums in the World Cup allegedly <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus>. allegedly <laughs> We hadn't got some zinger, one of them sound effects. Anyway, we'll move on from that. But um, I suppose we have to, we'll, we'll look ahead mostly, but I have to say, you can't help, but we're not back back, but geez, we were great on Sunday. We 
were very good. Yeah. We were, we were really good. Mm. Now, in hindsight, when you look back at it, you have to kind of go, were we brilliant and we made Scotland look crap? Now, hold on, hold on. Just before you say... Do we just jump straight in halfway through the conversation? Yeah, go on, you go on. Fill no, it in no, there. no, 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 no. Just... It's the World Cup, Rugby World Cup that we're talking about. Just straight, <laughs> straight into yeah. it there. No, I was talking about FIFA from yeah, the weekend. Yeah. I'm getting FIFA, mate. I'll smash it. Smash it. Before you, go, before you go into it, what have you made of the World Cup so far after its first week? Um, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed the rugby in it. I still it, it still winds or kind of has this waft of colonialism about it. There's a real kind of, we all know who the big boys are. They're the ones that have pilfered all the best players yeah. and then all the other guys can go and suck it, basically. Yeah. You've got Russia getting done over with a, a, a four-day turnaround. Same with Fiji. A four-day turnaround between rugby games at any kind of competitive level, let alone at Rugby World Cup, is just ludicrous. Yeah. Like, yeah. suck it up, take two days of television off and then just let them go for it then. And are they just purely to have at least one match on a day? Basically, yeah, yeah, for the first... Because I thought there would be a bit of a gap on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, but there's been a match on every day so far. Yeah, the and one yesterday, or the, was the day before, was the first afternoon when they did midweek. Okay. Uh, the Uruguay and Fiji one. Which Uruguay pulled pulled it out of the bag and won by they, two points. They did. They did. Yeah. But again, oh, like... Three points, apologies. You're trying to play a game after four days. Now, in saying that, Fiji are like a bunch of lads having a game of tag right. out on the road, just kind of, oh, let's just throw it around. You know, I'll... I think I saw this on the telly once. Watch me flick this over my head. And, you know, yeah, sometimes yeah. it works. Sometimes a small little guy from Uruguay catches the ball and runs it in from 60 yards out. And that basically, that and the lack of a decent kicker came Apart back. Apart from one or two games, is it going to be a bit weird now for the next three weeks? Because a lot of the big hitter games are done. Yeah. Apart from, say, well, England. Now, now, there is one or two. Don't be. get me wrong. But the majority of the big boy games are gone. They were at the first weekend. Most yeah. Of the, the yeah, they were. And I think the thing was like that, you were always, you always have that sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if there was going to be a massive upset, it would happen in the first weekend. But what yeah. I hadn't realized up until last week was that Japan as hosts were given the option. They could name their fixtures. Hmm. So they were the ones who decided for Ireland to play Scotland first. Obviously in the hope that they'd have a ping off each other. And they decided the fixtures of the, the whole group or just their, their fixtures? Well, uh, no, I think of their whole group. Wow. So Does another got, team that, in another group have that option? I don't know. I don't know. Breaking news. But it does mean then that they were able, they decided when they were going to, well. Did they decide when they're going to play, which in turn decided. It kind of decides when, when everybody else, else is going to okay. play. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they were able to pick who they hmm. were going to play in the first game, which barring a, a massive fluke would kind of tee it up the way they wanted it. So get you a win end on up, the board. So you get your Ireland-Scotland first, then you get to have, if, let's say, Ireland have a bad result or they pick up a number of injuries, players. Yeah, that's yeah. the time to try and get them. Also, if you have a look, Japan get an eight-day layoff yeah. between games. Ireland have a six-day layoff. So that's as short as they're and probably going to give missing, as a you said, tier yeah, one yeah. team. Um, now, in saying hmm. that, Ireland have kind of teed themselves up so nicely with the bonus point win. Yeah. It's not going to make that much of a difference. Realistically, you're not going to see Johnny Sexton play rugby. You are, actually, you will. He'll come on for about 20 minutes against Russia, and then you won't see him then until They're South Africa. Fresh. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you're not going to play. He's not playing this weekend, mm. obviously, because he's a, a bit of a tweak in his leg or whatever yeah. it is. But obviously, they don't give out all the medical information the way they used to anymore. Mm. 
But the rest of them this weekend, Carberry's back on the bench. He'll probably get 20 minutes. Um, Russia game, again, I would think if Carberry goes well when he comes on, they'll probably, start, they'll probably start Carberry, bring Sexton on for 20 minutes, maybe, if he's going to get any more time. There is no chance he is coming on against Samoa. Because the yeah, Samoans are going to be able to kill bashers, bruisers, yeah. and that's the last game of the group as well. Yeah. So, so as Dave said, Ireland versus Scotland. What was it? Just a bit about Ireland being quite good and Scotland being under par. Scotland were very surprising. Well, the thing is, like, if you look at what when we were talking about it going into it, we were saying what are Scotland's best things they have going for them is like, well, if you run a blitz defense against them, they've got. Finn Russell who can chip and catch and do all these things and Hogg is a class player but the thing is if they don't get any decent ball off their pack it doesn't make a difference what he can do yeah. so all that was happening was he was just getting the pack was getting bullied off the pitch the Irish front five were absolutely outstanding um, I think Stander had one of the best games he's played in a long long time Super. Van der Fleur was everywhere Um I think Farrell, I was impressed with Farrell as well. Farrell's a class act. Yeah. Like Farrell is a really, really good player. He's an absolute unit. He's six foot. He's five. one of them where a lot of the rugby guys talk him up a lot, going, yeah. he's a lot better than you think. You know the way when is you're it? watching the football, they all, oh, he's a great player. Yeah, yeah. And us fans are really? Yeah, crouchy when he gets the ball on the yeah, deck. Yeah, he's a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe that. it's just his appearance. He just looks like one of them gangly. But some of it, obviously, the back pass and all, it was lovely. Yeah. You know? But a lot of them are talking him up before that. And then the more you watch the game, you're like, geez, that guy is. Tasty. See, an awful lot of the lads would have um, would have played with him through academy or played against him at academy level. And then when he realised he wasn't making it and he decided, well, I'm still good enough and mm. had the confidence to go over to France, played with Grenoble under Bernard Jackman and then after Jackman left, he was still there. He was class. Like, he really mm. was. He was ripping it up in France. And to have that belief in your own ability. Superstar. And the thing is, while he was over there, he was his video was being sent back to Joe Schmidt every week and Joe Schmidt was giving him individual feedback even though he wasn't in the Irish setup and he hadn't a chance of getting picked while he was still in France but they knew down the line the idea would be that one of the Irish provinces ideally Munster was going to pick him up mm. bring him back and that it would turn out then that uh, he'd, be ready to go. he'd be ready to go he was already looked at in the system he'd already been kind of teed up for Okay, see what you're doing there. That's excellent, but can you add this to it? Mm. When you when you hit the deck, can you get an extra roll and a better body, a better ball presentation? All these little bits that were being fed in, and he just lapped it up and went, "Yep, no problem. I'll get that sorted." And he just got better and better and better. And that's what it's all about. Like it's it's being able to get to a certain level and then go, "Okay, but what else do I need to do? How else can I push myself on and try and maintain that?" Then you know, the one thing, even if you're not playing well, you can still with a line-out, Scotland can still be able to compete. But Ireland seemed to get the line-out a lot better than they have recently. Yeah. Uh, can you see a reason why that happened? Or would you just be happy that it did happen? No, I think it, I think a lot of it came together a lot better. I think Henderson called well. Um, you know what I mean? A lot of the things come down to you identify where you think this, or where the space is in the line-out. And then you try and get there in as simple a way as possible get up and get the ball into you at the right time. Um, some of the timing issues are, are amazing to watch. You know mm. what I mean? There are certain times when you're going to jump in the air and the hooker is going to drill a ball at you. There's other times when the ball is going to be in the air about a second or a second and a half before you jump. 
uh, because it's try it's been thrown on a lob to get over where you yeah. predict their defensive pod is going to be. All of those little things, and then you look at it in the conditions that were there. Yeah, like a, a huge amount of credit has to go to Best. You know what I mean? He got dogs abuse for the last six to nine months. He's over the hill. He's yeah, too old. Yeah. He he's not doing what he should do around the park. So therefore, there's more pressure on him to nail his throws. And if he doesn't nail his throws, the whole thing goes What's to point, dirt. Yeah. He doesn't have toner to hit. He's got no safety blanket, etc., etc., etc. He came out, he played 80 minutes, he hit 12 throws out of 12 throws. If I heard the fact that he was 37 in 80 minutes once, I heard it a million times <laughs> after the game. Yeah. I said, leave the poor lad alone. That's it. But, but he, so he, but it, he, he played the full game. Yep. He's starting again this weekend. Mm. Yeah. Probably won't stay on for the whole game. No, I'd say half-time, 15 minutes. And, kind of and more than likely, he'll get rested then after that. Is yeah. that the way they'll probably treat him? Absolutely. People, people, didn't expect them to, people didn't expect him to, to play the full game the other day. So. Yeah. Uh, maybe circumstances, I don't know. There was a few changes that happened during yeah, the game. Yeah, Scannell ended up having to come on into the back row um, at one stage. But again, it's just it's it's a, it's a an amazing thing when you see lads where they just... They've been saying it themselves over the last couple of weeks you know what I mean they We're wrote, off, they we wrote off the England thing they said look this wasn't part of our prep it was something that had been organised outside of our kind of control we went out we played it it worked out way worse than we wanted we didn't play well we didn't have the right attitude but then you could see the improvement in the first Wales game then the second Wales game and then it, it's just kind of constantly built and built and built and they just seem to be in a very comfortable confident not it was like the forwards previous never happened yeah and it was back to normal it was, it was strange like yeah it was like very confident now yeah um, obviously being the host and you can never say never and the one game that might click but the fact that what happened on Saturday, Sunday it's just, if it's going to happen it shouldn't happen against Ireland no realistically no like th there are lads that are you know have talked up Japan and but Japan, are, are they're not looking to this game as a game to win. Right. They're resting players this week. Really? Yeah. They're so they're going to Scotland. But they, see, they don't need to beat us. Yeah, true. If true, they be, true. They're better off, instead of trying to beat us and turning it into a very, very physical game and then us beating the life out of them, what they're better off doing is work their way through this, see if they can, you know, even if they, like if, God forbid, they were to get anywhere near getting a, a losing bonus point or something like that, that would be outstanding for them. Mm. But then they just go, let's target Scotland. Yeah, Scotland have picked up injuries, their confidence, because Scotland had been bigging themselves up massively before it. And they the were press. They were going bananas on it. They Scottish were like, press were like typical Scotland. It was almost like the soccer, yeah. the way they were going on. Sorry we're going to win. It's like it's 10, 10 days of the best preseason we've ever done. <laughs> the camp is sensational. Like we're going there to win it there's no other reason why we're going yada 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 spanked in the first game destroyed by the press now this week at home yeah. um they're in it they're in a bad way and japan are gonna just aim Take for them lips. and go look if our best chance of making a quarter final here whether it's going to be against new zealand or anybody else is to take Scotland out of the equation rather than trying to pick off a um, sensational win against Ireland. So that Scotland-Japan game should be a, an absolute cracker. Now, if we just have a look... Scotland's game before Japan is Samoa, so there's another potential bruiser yeah. to, yeah, to yeah. properly prepare them, as you were saying. Go on. Yeah. So Ireland, again, if all things go well, we have New Zealand or uh, more than likely South Africa. 
Uh, how did you see that game and what mm. did you take from it? Um, I kind of, it did force me to change my mind a little bit. The last time we were in, we were looking at it and we kind of said, Jesus, who would you prefer? Having looked at the championship and seen <laughs> South Africa, we were like, she said South Africa looked pretty tasty and really, really aggressive. But you could kind of see in the, the temperatures over there and mm. with all the pressures of playing in a World Cup, they went absolutely balls to the wall to do New Zealand in the first 20 minutes. And they, they were all over New Zealand and New Zealand weathered the storm. But then after that, you could kind of see South Africa like, out. we don't really have a plan B here. Plan A is to just keep battering lumps out of them. And then as they start to tire, little gaps started to emerge. They weren't big gaps. And I think that's what New Zealand have to get massive credit for. Like people were saying, oh, once South Africa started to tire, they were nowhere near the same team. They're still a very, very good team. They're still very, very strong. But what you're dealing with is a team in New Zealand that will exploit the tiniest weakness. Mm. You make one mistake and you will see guys, and it's one of the coolest things about being able to get the wider screen shots. You will see fellas, especially out in the midfield and the back, just pointing at spaces, telling lads where to go. There's a gap there, go through it, and then people change their angles and run it. Mm. So it's not this case of, oh, we have a preset move and we run the preset move no matter what happens. Yeah. It's a real case of, look, there's a gap there go through it, and then we'll make up the rest of it as we go yeah, along. Yeah. And they've always been amazing at that. Like, I remember for years going and watching, like, through, like, broken fingers, looking at them going, oh, no, they're going to do it again because something's gone down. The time that Paul O'Connell got injured and tried to soldier on for the last couple of minutes against New Zealand. And you could see them pointing. You could see, uh, was it Omega? Tana Omega, I think, was playing 13 at the time. And you could see him pointing at O'Connell going, He's on one leg, give me the ball. Yeah. And he just took him around the outside because he knew he couldn't run after him. Yeah. And you're like, that's just clever. They just have that it's rugby intelligence over everyone else. That's exactly it. It's just everything is heads up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, we have the skills. Yes, we have the, the tactics and all this kind of stuff. But when it comes down to it, we play rugby looking up and breaking teams down on the fly while we're moving. And it's class to watch. Um. But yeah, no, it, it, I'm really looking forward to it. So it's a positive spin. We're glad it's going to be South Africa now. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Everything's a positive spin. Plus the juice will be well worn off them by then. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> um, yeah. Good win for France. Allegedly. Against Argentina, although Argentina are on a losing streak, but still opening game. Good tussle. It's, yeah. Is it, it, was is a, it a good w- confidence builder? Oh, definitely. Is it, It's savage for France, but I don't think France are as good as everybody makes them out to be. No. Like they were they were sensational for the first half and they were doing all of this amazing offload. The time the timing of the support lines was just outrageous. Every time someone broke through a tackle and was kind of half going to deck, there was someone on a shoulder and it was just ball moved, ball moved, ball moved. It was class. Yeah. If I listen to one more commentator tell me about their new S and C coach as it's a <laughs> Olivier Giroud's brother, T Bolt. Or Thibault, something like that. Thibault, They were going on about is like this. They've got this new level of fitness that's off the chart. It was. It was class for forty minutes. But <laughs> there's only so fit you can be to run that much and nail everything perfectly. Yeah. There's a bit where even when your body is able to do it, that your brain starts to switch off a little bit. And that style of rugby, if you're not in the right place at the exact split second you're supposed to be you look very ordinary and you start getting yeah. picked off. Yeah. And it, 
what did they nearly concede? A 20 point lead at half time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They ended up two points behind and then won it with a drop goal. Pulled it back, yeah. Um, it's phenomenal. You know what I mean? Tough for the Argies. But again, there are other teams that have had harder shouts in the first round. You know what I mean? The, um, the Russians really got stung. The Fijians against Australia were robbed, uh, in my opinion. We can say that, yeah, we, you can say Rob without saying allegedly. They were absolutely robbed. <laughs> um, if you have a guy that should have been sent off, who, after being cited, has been banned as if he was sent off in the Australian winger who yeah. uh, clattered the Fiji captain, the seven, in the head with a shoulder charge, the TMO looked at that yeah, and said to the referee, there's nothing to look at, it's fine. They were seven points ahead at the time, Fiji, they would have got a penalty try because he was the last man. He was definitely going to score a try if that tackle wasn't made. So that would have been a penalty try. And then they're playing the rest of the game with a 14-point lead against 14 Australians. As it is, they lose the game. They get a four-day turnover. They go out against Uruguay. They get beaten by Uruguay. And then what would have been a savage tournament start for them to have two wins in a row now is two defeats and it's looking like one of the worst Fijian World Cups in a while uh, it's, it's cruel and that's the yeah there's been a lot of criticism of it listen we got to go to a break and then we've got Limerick Sean Russell coming on just after this tune to Liffey Sound 96.4 FM and welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM on the line we have League of Ireland player Sean Russell Sean has played for most of his footballing career in the top divisions with the exception of two brief spells in America. Unfortunately, Sean's career has stalled due to a cruciate knee injury, which he suffered during a 2-0 victory over Athlone Town. His club, Limerick FC, have refused to help him with the costs, and Sean finds himself where no footballer really wants to be, and that's out of football. Sean, welcome to the big kickoff. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, thanks for having me on. Great, no problem, Sean. Listen, before we go into the injury, Sean, and all, you've been, you've got, been with a few clubs, UCD, Longford, Shelbourne... Limerick, Drogheda, Galway. Uh, what good moments have you got with clubs? Uh, you made your debut with UCD. What, what are the good moments you've had so far in the league? Yeah, um, yeah, there was probably a lot of good moments. Um, as you said, I started off at UCD. Um, it was it was great there. Um, I kind of um, broke into the first team with like some schoolboy teammates of mine who've all gone on to do well in the league. And um, UCD is a great club for that. You know, for young players, um, gives you an opportunity to learn, make mistakes and play a lot of competitive games early on. So that was great and um, probably the highlight for me um, in Ireland would probably be winning the uh, the first division with Limerick and um, also getting to the EA Sports Cup final at home was probably, that was probably the, the standout highlight for me um, experience-wise. It was it was amazing. Um, but yeah, no, every, everywhere I, I kind of played, I am. Um, um, I, I enjoyed it really. Yeah, every club I, I met, met with people in the league and stuff. So um, it, it's looking back like I've, there's, a, there's a lot of good experiences there. Brilliant. Uh, America, you had a couple of stints over there. What, what, what attracted you to go to America, especially the second time, I suppose? Yeah, um, yeah. No, we, we ended up um, at the end of the season. Um, I won the league with Limerick. It was something that I was looking at um, exploring. Um, James O'Connor was a um, manager of Louisville City at the time um, got in contact and uh, he was interested in me going over so um, I went over there and um, it was it was amazing the professionalism over there was second to none a uh, really successful team they went on to win the championship in the USL and uh, 
for me, it was just probably the lifestyle outside of football, off the training pitch. Um, I kind of struggled to adapt to being away from home. A um, lot of hours in the day where uh, um, I just um, I kind of felt myself probably not homesick, but just um, would have preferred to be back playing playing at home. So footballing-wise, it was excellent. Met some uh, really, really good people. Um, couldn't couldn't speak highly enough for the club. The club was amazing. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I just opted to come home for my own kind of personal reasons. Brilliant. Would you encourage others to go across? Oh, one hundred percent. I've had I've had young players um, contact me um, since I've been there, and um, they've got up, um, opportunities through scholarships and stuff. And um, any young player in Ireland, I'd I'd say um, if you can go that education route where you can go play football in America, be treated as a professional for three or four years, and get your degree, it's an amazing opportunity. And it's probably something that I wish I knew about when I was younger, but. Um, definitely, if you can use football as a tool to travel the world, um, play, play, and especially um, as I said, like three or four lads I've spoke to recently, um, asking about if you can use that to go and get an education alongside it, it's an amazing opportunity. So definitely, um, I, would, I would encourage people to use football as a tool to travel the world if they can. Yeah, excellent. Listen, you were playing for Limerick against that lone town. Talk us through the moment or your memories of the moment surrounding your injury to the cruise ship. Yeah, so um, I remember the game. It wasn't probably wasn't a great game, um, great game of football. Uh, I'd, um, it must have been around the 60, 65th, 70th minute in and around that period of the game. Um, didn't have a lot of chances. Ball popped up about 35, 40 yards out, and uh, I've just kind of swung as hard as I could um, to make good contact with the ball. And uh, defenders just got there first, and I followed through, kicked him, and it's kind of a blur from there. Really, I was obviously in a lot of pain. Um, I had um, snapped my um, lateral ligament off the bone and damaged my ACL along with my um, part of my hamstring as well. So um, a lot of it is a blur. I do remember probably afterwards um, being brought to the bench and stuff. And physically, I was just in a, in a lot of pain. And obviously, emotionally, you kind of know um, your season's over before it's really started. You know, you're only kind of seven games in, I think. Um, scored the week before you're kind of your season's only really picking up pace you're only really hitting form and and that happens it's it, it's tough you know but um yeah no it was uh it, it doesn't seem like it, it seems it doesn't seem like it was almost six months ago but yeah six seven months ago but um i remember it quite well i believe they had no stretcher at the game that you were he had to be carried off so it, it it didn't look great from the starting moment once they they, they thought you had a bad injury yeah, no, yeah, it was. Um, I remember I knew I was in a bad way. Um, uh, physio um, at the time was 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 very good. Um, he uh, he did try to calm me down. He he took control of the situation really well. Um, for me, I just I knew I couldn't walk off the pitch. I couldn't put weight on the on it really. Um, but again, I'd requested a stretcher, and I'd just been told that I had to go off and. I just kind of stressed that, you know, look, listen, I don't really, I'm not comfortable with going off. I want to stretch it, you know, um, because physically I felt sick with the pain and I just didn't I didn't want to be left. I was left and on sitting on the ground beside the bench for the last 15 minutes of the game. And, you know, I just, it was frustrating because I knew there was some serious damage done and um, physio had said that that just, it wasn't, I wasn't able to do that. Um, that uh, I just had to wait until the game was over and, Two members of staff then carried me across the pitch again. So uh, that last 15 minutes kind of of the game was really frustrating. As I said, I was in a, a ton of pain. Um, 
I just kind of wanted to be looked at by a doctor or or whoever. But um, yeah, no, it was just it wasn't wasn't available for me. Right, uh, Sean, I, I I played for Kilkenny City a good few years ago now. We played up against Finn Harps, and I, I was in a collision. I suffered in a hairline fracture in my foot, so basically a broken foot. Uh, I was dropped off a mile down the road from my house, uh, just basically thrown off the bus, and I had to walk home for, for a mile. Uh, I, I kind of thought that that kind of thing was a thing of the past. What what did Limerick City say about... Uh, what was the aftermath? What did they do after straight after the game? Was there anything over the, the few weeks that... Uh, the treatment you received was there anything uh, given? Um, not, not really. To be honest, no. I know um, Barry Heffern and the physio. They did down there. The club physio. He's been there for a number of years now. He's been a great servant to the club. He, um, he was excellent uh, for me. He, uh, he came around to the house afterwards. Um, there wasn't any crutches at the game. Uh, it was thankfully enough one of the teammates. His mother had a pair of crutches at home that um, he had a. Uh, the physio went collected for me, met me at my house that night, and um, <clears throat> I was just uh, I was just distraught, really, to be honest. Um, I wanted to just go home to Dublin, and um, he he come out to the house, give me some painkillers, dropped off some crutches, and then my girlfriend drove me to Dublin straight away that night. Um, with regards to the club itself, other than other than probably Barry, um, they didn't do a lot. They uh, the first kind of contact I had with them was um, when I went in for the consultation on the Tuesday morning match would have been on the Friday night in the clinic there was no payments made and I nearly lost my appointment I rang the chairman wouldn't answer the phone and um, yeah kind of problems as I said started from there um, I didn't didn't really receive any kind of um, message of goodwill or anything like that to see how I was um, it was more just uh, probably hassle at that stage um, from then on you know yeah so is this something were you on a, an amateur st- uh, contract at the time yeah, so I was. Um, so previously, I'd been on a professional contract up until um, my second spell in America. Yeah. Um, and uh, when I came back to play with Galway, um, I had uh, agreed with um, the manager there that um, it was best I signed an amateur form. For me, it was all about getting back playing in the league, and um, we were happy to do that. And again, Galway was run really well. No issues there. Um, and uh, yeah, so um, when I went to sign for Limerick again, I, I, my intention was always to work full time. Um, not to rely on the football for my income, um, and uh, I was quite happy to go ahead with um, on an amateur form, um, as as was most of the team. I'm pretty sure the only professionals on the team would have been um, the younger players who were who were already on contract going in, into the season. So mm. everyone else would have been on an amateur as well. Okay, uh, how many people in the players in the between the Premier Division and the First Division percentage wise would you guess are amateur players? Uh, if, I, if I had to estimate it. For the first division, I would say I'll be surprised if there was any less than 60, 60%, I would say. I, wow. I would say there would be probably, if you look at the top of the league, Shelbourne um, would have a good, would have a few pros in there, Drogheda's, um, Bray, um, Longford. It, 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 but again, it would be 50-50 at most clubs. And, um, I mean, you spread that across the league. I, I've said it before, Like if, if there wasn't players playing an amateur contract, there wouldn't really be a first division. And uh, there will be there will probably be a few players as well in in um in the Premier Division. I would imagine that the likes of UCD and stuff there wouldn't be wouldn't be a lot of professional contracts there either. So, um, I would imagine around seventy percent of the league probably um in the First Division, and then and then a, a decent enough number then in the in the um First Division or the Premier Division. 
So would the player welfare of the amateurs be dependent on the club and the goodwill of the club, as in to be looked after? Obviously, the fact that you weren't, does it kind of... The clubs with maybe a few more quid in the pocket would help out, lads, or is it very much... Would they be all treated similar? Um, yeah, no, I think it does. I think it comes down to the club, um, and that's that's my understanding of it over the last few months, is that it's completely between the player and the club. Oh, I've been at club before... Um, when I was at UCD, I would have been on amateur terms and uh, suffered injuries and been extremely well looked after, um, best of treatment, um, and uh, it, it would have been it would have been top notch. Now it's not to say just because you're on an amateur you're not going to be treated, but mm. you are at, you are at risk, and um, it, it, it does seem like it's between you and the club. So if the club don't want to take responsibility, um, they they can do that, you know, um, which which is wrong in in, in my view, but. Um, there is there is an issue there um, with insurance, um, whether they have to insure amateurs or not. I'm still not 100% sure, and I haven't been able to get answers on that. But I, I still do believe that if it's a case where a club doesn't have to insure you as an amateur, they should have to notify you beforehand, um, okay. before the season starts or before you step out on the training pitch, just to let you know, we don't need to insure you. Um, we'd probably advise you to take out your own insurance before you go and play. And I don't think any amateurs will probably have a problem with that either, but the fact that, again, as in my case, I wasn't told, um, and probably a lot of players at the start of the season weren't told either, is is wrong as well, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with uh, Luke and United. Every player in the club is insured. So you're thinking, <coughs> they all pay for the insurance within fees that they pay. So you would think that a club that is in a, an elite, I wouldn't say elite in Ireland, but League of Ireland, the Premier, even First Division, they'd have some sort of insurance that to cover mm. all players for any instance like that. I mean, it, very rarely do you get the big incidents where they have to go under big operations, as in cruciates and, and, and stuff like that. But I just find it baffling that a club wouldn't have any insurance for any of the amateurs, but would risk that. To, as you said, if there's, if there's half a team that are amateurs, you're risking half your team. They're n- not getting looked after. So... Uh, it's a bit disappointing. I'd say the FAI, the PFA, Stephen McGuinness, did he have anything to say about it? Yeah, um, yeah. so, like, I mean, previously I would have been a pro, obviously, um, and I would know Stephen through the league. Like, it's a small league, it's a small network. Um, a lot of a lot of players and um, members would know each other. And Stephen has um, reached out to me. He has tried to help. He has offered ways to help um, with the FAI. And uh, I believe they've been rejected. So, um Again, the PFI don't have to represent me. Um, I can't can't represent me because I'm not a professional. But they have they have gone out of the way to try help me. Um, but uh, unfortunately, um, it hasn't. Uh, their offers were rejected, and um, I, I do understand from the FAI. So they they have tried to help. Um, like like a lot of the footballing community has tried to help. You know, I've had people message me from other clubs that I've played with that I've never played with, um, offering me support. Um, fans around the league it's been amazing but um, the only ones that I probably haven't heard from are, are probably the FAI and, and those people at the top you know which is disappointing okay. what, Listen what, what are the costs what, what, do, what do you owe now Stephen or yeah Sean sorry um, uh, Yeah no you're fine um, so um, at the moment um, I still owe the sports surgery clinic 1400 which uh, um, I should be able to pay off now thanks to the, the some of the funds that were raised and then um, I was only given an estimate um, of the next surgery, which will probably be five five thousand um, five hundred in and around for the surgery itself. Um, whether the surgeon fees on top of that, and then you're looking at probably six to nine months rehab, 
um, physiotherapy and stuff. Um, so you're already so, missing. You're already, if anybody get it, you're already missing next season. Yeah, oh yeah, and li- listen, and that's and that's the big thing for me was when I had it done. When it happened, it happened in March, and you're thinking, okay, if I can get the operation done, give myself six to nine months. And Tommy Barrett, the manager, said, look, Sean, you know, keep your head up, don't worry, you'll be back in here for pre-season, and uh, you'll have next year to look forward to. And and that's a big thing when you're a player, you know, yeah. and you do suffer, and you're on a one-year contract, and you think, oh, it's just it, like you know, game over. But um. Tommy did say he would have me back, and it was it was it was other members in the club that told me that I wouldn't be, you know, um, after a few weeks. Yeah. So that was disappointing, um, and that's and that's not what someone needs when when they're suffering that injury. You need all the support yeah. that you can get to give you any chance, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, as you said, yeah, you're looking at miss. I'm looking at missing next season, and I try not to think about it too much. Um, try to focus on small goals because I think that's the only way you really can. If you if you start thinking miles ahead like that, it can. Uh, it can it can upset you and stuff, but I'm just focusing on small targets now, hitting those, and then if I keep hitting those, um, I should have a chance, you know. Hopefully, that sounds like throughout the whole interview, you sound very positive and saying all the right tones. I presume did it hit a few dark times, and how 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 did you find getting through that? Yeah, uh, oh yeah, it was. Listen, it was an emotional rollercoaster for me. It's, um, I mean, there was days where, like, my daily routine at one stage was doing my own rehab in the gym. Um, I was on crutches at the time in an e-race, um, probably going in half six in the morning, then going off to work for the day, nine to five, and coming home and um, doing the same thing the next day. Um, and I wasn't, I was probably with the club physio once a week. Um, the club tried to um, restrict um, my treatment with the physio, which was obviously demoralising in itself, you know. Um, you know, they didn't want you to help. They didn't even want, 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 to, want to help with me need. Um and uh, yeah, it took its toll on me. You know, um, it was it was it was really tough because when you're um, first of all, I was nervous doing a lot of rehab on my own because mm. um, I'm not a physio and I thought I didn't. I knew what I was doing. I knew what the physio told me to do. But like again, confidence with the knee and you've just had surgery on it. It wasn't ideal. And then uh, yeah, and then then it gets frustrating. And then um, it, it just kind of it broke me down a bit. And um, as I said, my treatment was restricted down there. I had a physio reach out to me in Dublin who offered me full support uh, as many days a week as I want. Um, and uh, that was that was huge for me. You know, that kind of shaped me up a little bit better mentally um, got me a little bit more motivated. And, uh, you know, when I was when I was based in Limerick, I didn't really, it felt like me that no one wanted to help me. Uh, I felt like I was on my own. And then having um, Dave uh, Clancy out in SoCo Performance um, reach out and offer to help um, which was the first person of many I have in the last few weeks, um, it kind of gives you a little bit of hope and feel like, okay, yeah, there's a bit of support there yeah. for me. Um, yeah, so um, it, at the start, it was tough, and it still is tough. I'm still nowhere near um, what it probably was before I got injured, you know, but um, on, the right, on the right path anyway. Good. Um, well, there's always been a lot of talk about FAI licensing and et cetera, et cetera. This is definitely highlighting one aspect of it. A club should be financially able to look after their players. Uh, I know Limerick City has uh, had its troubles in its time and uh, maybe this is just a knock-on effect from that licensing uh, situation. Your go, you have a go, there's a GoFundMe page. People have been very supportive and they're starting to help you. I believe the Dundalk players put a little bit of something together as well for you uh, during the week. How can people help you? Uh, is it just a GoFundMe page? Um, yeah, no, so yeah, as you mentioned there, yeah, I was very grateful. Um, John Gill gave me a call 
one of the days and just said that they had a collection um, down in Dundalk and um, obviously uh, that that was that was an amazing gesture. Robbie Benson, who's been down there as well, he suffered from injuries. I would have played with him in the past at UCD, and uh, he's he's kind of texted me um, every now and then to check in, see how I was. This is going back over a few months, even since I I took the injury, and we 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 had a couple of chats about how we felt and stuff with injuries, and he was very supportive. And then for them to go and uh, do that collection probably a few days before they were um, they were setting up for the game against Shamrock Rovers to win the league was obviously you know. Um, meant a lot so uh, that, was, that was an amazing gesture and as you said there's, uh, there's others that have contributed as well massively towards it and uh, I've been grateful for all ex-fans at clubs and stuff and it's, it's been it's been, it's been been excellent um, at the moment yeah no it's just it's been the support really has just uh, given me a massive boost and as you said the GoFundMe page is there with a target to, to hit and hopefully you can hit that or get as close as possible um, but um, it, yeah the, it's, it's been more so for me personally Um mentally and stuff it's uh it's really uh giving me a boost you know and uh extra bit of motivation to kick on and, and make sure i can get back to playing football you know brilliant well 100 percent, no doubt you're going to get yourself back people are going to support you the word is out there There's, as you see in yourself it's it's, a, it's that snowball that's, that's gathering and uh, making itself bigger so you'll definitely get the funds in you'll definitely get back playing football so uh yeah keep those positive thoughts and thanks very much for coming on tonight Brilliant, yeah. Thanks very much for the kind no. words, and yeah, let's let's hope so. Brilliant, man. We'll put we'll put the we'll put the link up on our Facebook page though. Brilliant, Tara. Right. No very problem. Much. Take Thanks it easy. Sean, be good. Have a good night. See you now. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye bye. There you go. Pleasure. Yeah. Uh, but very positive all the way through, and obviously he's talked about the dark times, and it's obviously because of the snowball effect of the the uplift of support over the last eight months to six weeks, and. Uh, it's putting him on the right way and fair play to him. There's no, there was no negative kind of, oh, I might come back. It was, he's no, coming back and that's the end of it. No, and I, th- I think he will come back. I, I, I just th- he just needs to get that operation in and done. Yep. And listen, it's very disappointing for the club to treat a player the way they're treating him, not even letting him have the, phys- the physio yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what that says about Especially the when there was a feel-good factor over the last few weeks yeah. of the coming up to the end of the season and even Division 1 getting so much publicity with their, the shells run in with, uh, yeah. with Drogheda and then Unfortunately, this in the background. And I definitely you know? think any amateur players that are there need to start asking questions and, and, and start looking after themselves. Yeah, if the PFAI can't represent, maybe there could be a bit of a seminar for them and what their rights are and what they're entitled to beforehand and what you may not be entitled to and get covered if need to be. Like maybe yeah. just a bit of an educational piece. Well, if they can't cover the money-wise... There's no reason why the PFAI couldn't represent them. Yeah. I'm sure they could have their professional status and their amateur status and still Excuse insure me. them and make sure yeah. they're all looked after. So, yeah. I mean, there's definitely Intriguing. a way there. But anyhow, it's great to have Sean on and just to highlight that issue that's in, in exactly. Ireland. So listen, uh, thanks for listening and we hope to see you again next week, which will be into October. Jeez, this year's flying. But anyway, listen, be good. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the rugby. Quarter past eight start on Saturday morning for us against Japan. Correct. And plenty of others. I think the other big one would be Australia and Wales, Wales this week. Sunday, I think. Um, Sunday, yeah. Exactly. So that's it. Plenty on as well. So enjoy. Tune in and we'll see you next week.